Well, hello and welcome to the Goat Life Podcast, the premier podcast from the folks at JB Racing Goats. In this podcast, we talk about the everyday challenges that come with raising breeding goats, as well as the fun we have while doing it. To find out more about JB Racing Goats, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or on the web at jbracinggoats.com. Just one small disclaimer, the information on this podcast is not meant to replace the advice of trained professionals. Be sure to consult your local veterinarian for any medical advice. Now enjoy the show. All right, well, welcome to another episode of the Goat Life Podcast. I'm JB. And I'm Chloe. And this is Season 3, Episode 3. So uh, we took the summer off from doing podcasts. and Which I think that's what we did last year. That's what well. we did last year, too, I think. Yeah, we take a couple months break in between seasons. And uh, now we just have so much to talk about. We're... Uh, well, you kind of have to, to, you know, make sure you have topics. Yeah, you know, that's so. right. We have to live life a little, right? So we have something <laughs> to talk about. Yeah. And today, I think we have a fun topic. We're going to be talking about um, having a small family farm, which is what we have, basically. Yeah. Maybe smaller than what you might consider small. That's right. So a lot of times people think farms, they, most people think either like cows, dairy farms, or yeah, yeah, like corn, you know, growing vegetables, farms. We don't do any of that. Mm -mm. We just have goats. Yeah, basically. (laughs) Now, um, what we thought we could talk about a little bit too is... Maybe you want to start your own little farm and you're not sure if you can do it or how to do it. So we thought we'd just kind of share a little bit of our experiences. Okay, so first of all, getting started, we kind of have to decide what you want to, what type of farm you want to have. You don't just have a <laughs> farm, right? Yeah, there's different types of farms. Actually. That's right. <laughs> And, you know, like it's like in everything, there's a fine line between vegetable garden and farming. There's a fine line between having pet goats and having a goat farm. Yeah. Um, So don't worry, like sooner or later, you're going to kind of cross that line. Um, So you kind of have to decide what it is that you want to do. And, um, you know, like then start that kind of farm. Yeah, and you also decide, you know, if you have space for it. Yes, it does take a lot of space. Now, actually, before you even do that, you need to see if you're allowed to have a farm. That's true. <laughs> Good point. Yes. You should do that first. I Sometimes I see pictures, like, especially on Instagram and stuff, of people who have, like, they live in just a small neighborhood. They have, like, a quarter of an acre, and they have like a farm in their backyard. And I think it's crazy. Um, But not every, like if you live in an area with deed restrictions, like a neighborhood, then you may not be able to have a farm. So that's the first thing you should look at is your deed restrictions to make sure that you can have farm animals and that you can, you know, do commercial farming and stuff. Um, you'd be surprised the number of lots that have deed restrictions against those. Now, deed restrictions are different than zoning. So zoning is a completely different thing. Like here, we live in the country, there's no zoning 
anywhere. Like we don't have land that's zoned for certain things. But we do have deed restrictions based on our homeowners association, which covers this entire neighborhood. And so you may have that same thing. Also, don't confuse it with having um, your like tax exemption because you often have to um, have a certain size lot and certain amount of activity on it to get an agricultural exemption for your lot. But that doesn't mean that you can't have a farm on it just because you're not big enough to have the exemption. We are not big enough to have the exemption, but we do have the farm on it. So that's the first thing. Make sure that you can do it before you go and buy a bunch of animals and a bunch of equipment and everything. And then make sure you have enough space. So um, depending on how many animals you want to have. You know, and what kind. And what kind takes different amount of space. Um, we can tell you this. With livestock, the less grass that you have for them to eat and the less weeds and stuff, the more you have to feed them. Yes, especially with goats. Especially <laughs> with goats. So it's okay. Just about every goat pasture I've seen it almost doesn't seem like how big it doesn't matter how big they're all basically eating down to the dirt because yeah. you know goats will just eat constantly which is good that's like kind of what they do um so if you don't have enough field to sustain them and I think it's something like 20 acres per six goats or something that's a it's a lot of money to make it fully sustained oh, sorry a lot of land to make it fully sustained for the goats, then you have to feed them, um, which means you're going to be providing hay, you're going to be providing pellets, whatever it is that you're going to be feeding. So if you don't have a ton of land, you have to be able to compensate that with food. And food costs money, right? Yes. So it makes it harder to make money when you have to feed them all constantly. Exactly. So um, make sure you have enough space. Make sure that you have the right zoning. Um, sorry, and you have the right. You have the ability to have that farm there. Um, and um, then also know the amount of work that goes into it, right? Yeah. So what does our chore schedule look like? Um, well, maybe you should start off because you do start the morning shift. Yeah, we we've, we basically take shifts. And I do the morning one, and Chloe does the mm -hmm. afternoon one. So, um, kind of going back to, to feeding, um, the most important thing for your animals, whether they're the dogs or the goats or anything, is water. Yeah. And so... Because, I mean, they can go days without food, but, you know, especially down here, if they don't get enough water, they're going to dehydrate, so... Right. So that's kind of the number one thing is we get to get out there twice a day and make sure they have clean access to clean water. So we have goats who are in different um, pens in different fields because they like we keep the the goats who are in training, <laughs> show goats. the show goats um, separate. Um, and then sometimes we'll keep the nannies separate, you know, so. Um, that means separate water supplies. You need to make sure that they each have their own water supplies. Um, and then, like we talked about in an earlier episode, if you have a dog who likes to swim in their water supply, 
then you got to change it more often because goats don't like drinking dirty water and they won't drink dirty water. They're very, they aren't very picky about their food. Usually it's more about the water. Yeah. There's something floating in it or if it's all dirty, yeah. they won't drink it. Yes. And Maddie, when he cleans the, the barn, seems to always get wood chips in their drinking water <laughs> and they don't like that. Yeah. Um, so anyways, yeah, water is the most important thing. So in the morning, we get out there, feed the dogs, feed the goats um, their pellet food, and then change all the waters. And so yep. that's the water troughs, that's the water buckets in there, that's the dog's water in each of their pens and things. So you got to make sure everyone has clean water. And this time of year, when it's nice and cold, it's not that fun dealing with water. No. Um, However, on the bright side, you don't need as much of it. You don't need as much of it. Yeah, they're not drinking as much, so that's good. Um, And so we feed and water them, and you know, it doesn't take too long. It probably takes me, I don't know, 20, 25 minutes. Yeah, same with me. I don't ever spend more than 20 minutes. Yeah. And so then we do that again at sundown, which is what you do. Mm -hmm. And then you also walk the dogs, right? you also didn't say in the morning... Well, we said this in an earlier episode, but we um, work our goats in the morning. Yes. So for our show goats, we exercise them one day, and then the next day um, we train them. Mm-hmm. So that's also part of our So after morning. their morning feeding, they have about a half hour or so to digest, and then you take them out and, and do some training with them. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then I think the other thing you got to keep in mind is that there's always maintenance. There is. And so, well, first of all, there's another shift and that's Maddie's that's cleaning the barn. Mm -hmm. Um, since we have a wood floor barn, um, you know, we try to keep moisture off of and everything and keep it covered with wood chips and, you know, with goats, you always have to be cleaning their, their pellets, their poo pellets out of the way. Mm -hmm. And so um, five days a week, he cleans the barn as well. There's just a couple days that he has other chores, but um, so that happens every day. And then there's maintenance. And so one of your your kind of uh, jobs has kind of become fence maintenance, huh? Yes, that's, that can take quite a lot of time depending on what you're doing. Well, what time of day it is. Yeah. Because if it's night, you're... It's going to take a lot longer than if you do it during the day because it's dark. Yeah. And honestly, the fence maintenance is mostly because the dogs dig under the fence to get out. Thankfully, it's just the one so far. Yeah. But. Yeah. And so we're trying to figure out ways to kind of permanently fix that but um there is always there's there's maintenance and honestly there's other face fence maintenance too i have to go and retie fence posts you know maybe like once a month or something i'll spend an hour out there um replacing any ties that have been broken because goats are they're rough on fences they do the reason that they jump on the fences is because there's usually like trees or something on the yeah. other side. They just want to eat the leaves. But, you know, especially if they weigh a lot, they're just going to, you know, the fence posts are just going to fall off. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So there's that. And then um, doors, latches. Yes. That's definitely something that always has to be yep. fixed. 
always they always wear tend to wear out and so they have to be replaced we have uh we talked about in a different season our solar barn and um uh what we did there but that's there's electrical stuff that you know there's maintenance that needs to happen there and that type of thing so there's um a lot of chores that go along with it yeah now the good thing is is that you get the the fun part of it as well and that's the opportunity to um, kind of like run a little side business and have a little farming and i think it's really great for you kids to kind of have I some chores and everything yeah i think it's really fun to you know be able to take care of all the animals and stuff yeah not many other kids that you know have 20 25 goats at a time huh yeah it's you know you don't get bored really when yeah. you have them yeah a lot of animals um, now, the other thing that we do on our farm is technically we have a um, winery here as well. The winery is actually a cidery, an apple cidery. And so we have Hill Country Cider House, which we also run on our property, which is a completely separate little building, completely separate part of the, the property. But that's where I make our hard cider. That's where you brew your potions. I brew my potions. <laughs> and so we have that too. That's it's one of the nice things about having land and having space is you can do um, some of those like small businesses or hobbies or however you want to do them. Ours is actually a business. It's licensed the uh, cidery. And, um, you know, we have that area that we um, are now starting to grow our own apple trees. And I'm excited about that. And then um, we have our storage for the cider and the areas that we brew and all that kind of stuff. So um, we kind of uh, keep busy with that as well. And that has a lot of chores as well. Like with the cidery, um, whenever I'm running a batch, I'm checking levels every day. I'm waiting for fermentation to finish, cleaning tanks, bottling, you know, pasteurizing, all sorts of stuff, labeling. There's a lot of work that goes on there, too. Yeah. You kids don't really do too much in that area, though. That's pretty much me. No. Yeah. But Maddie did mention something to me about having, like, um, a part-time job or something with labeling or something. <laughs> I'm not sure. He was. He seemed pretty proud of it, though. <laughs> well, we're going to... I told Maddie I'm going to put him to work part-time this summer so that he'll have, you know, like maybe four hours of work a day or something. And there's tons of stuff that he can be doing around here. You know, everything from getting him to be repairing some fences to, you know, mulching flower beds to, you know, um, working in the cidery, helping with deliveries. So basically he's going to be our apprentice. He's going to be our apprentice. Yes. But, um, yeah, it'll be good for him to have a... Uh, and as being 15, he can't really get a job, job other places. So yeah, we're going to, we're going to put him to work. Maybe even hire some of his, his lazy friends too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They're all screaming into their headsets all day. <laughs> That's right. Give him something to do that doesn't involve an Xbox. Um, and you know, that kind of leads us into our tip of the week as well. 
our tip of the week. Um, the tip of the week is to um, make your farm a business. So start, oh, there's Toby. He's trying to open the doors, just like he, he flushes went, the toilet. What's it? He, he literally turned the handle. <laughs> okay, the tip of the week is to make your farm a business. And so what I mean by that is, um, first of all, get an LLC. So you um, set up just a limited liability company, um, and that is something that usually only costs you a couple hundred dollars to do with your state. And then you can get a couple things. First of all, it allows you to um, write off expenses that go into your farm so that you don't have to claim every penny that you bring in as income. You write them off as expenses, and um, then, um, and there's a lot of expenses. So um, that helps save you money. Uh, the other thing is that you can then apply for um, timber and agricultural tax exemption. And so materials that go into the um, production of your farming, whether it be your um, farm product like fruits and vegetables or the, the raising of the livestock, and you don't have to pay the sales tax on that. Um, so those are um, very valuable things. Um, actually, you know, it was our feed store who um, first recommended that we do that so that we can get those things and they um, kind of even pointed us in the right direction and everything. So if you're not sure how to do it in your state, that might be a good place to start is the folks at your feed store and they might know or they might be able to tell you someone who knows. They see a lot of people um, who are in similar situations as you, I'm sure. Um, but it's good to go out there and register as a company. Now, um, one thing that's going to force you to do a little bit is an advantage, to take advantage of that. You're going to have to keep some books, you know, keep lists of your expenditures and your income and everything. And you may find out from doing that that your farm isn't actually a company, but a hobby. And the difference between those is that the farm would make money, the hobby loses money. <laughs> and so that might be good for you to know. If you think you're running a business and you know um, making some money on the side, and then at the end of the year you actually realize, oh, after everything it costs, they actually lost money, you might want to find a new hobby. <laughs> Or a new side business. But it's it's good to do that. And I think if you you can take losses, and especially your first couple years of getting set up, you'll have losses. And you can write those off of your, your tax income. But I do think the government, after a few years, expects you to start making money. You can't take write-offs forever. Um, because, like I said, then it's really not a business. It's a hobby. But that's the tip. So um, if you're out there and you're planning on starting a small farm or you have already started a small farm or a homestead farm or something, get out there and get it registered and take advantage of the opportunities on the table to be able to kind of lower your overhead. Um, anything that you can get will help. It's, it's tough to make money in farming. Um, farming is a side business for me. I'm... I, I tell people that I'm a, a goat farmer who uh, works as a software engineer on the side. Um, that's the way it feels sometimes, but all goat farmers should have some kind of business on the side. 
Yeah, I, I think it's crazy people who actually are farmers for a living. They, yeah. They're very talented, more than Very talented, and um, they know their trade because it's a very thin um, profit margin that they run. So um, as you get started, expect it to kind of be slow going and um, just keep track of things. Like I said, take advantage of those opportunities for you. Well, if you have any questions um, or want some advice on getting started with your own little side farm or homestead farm or however you want to you want to call it, feel free to reach out to us. We're always happy to hear from listeners. Uh, you can reach us on Facebook, which is JB Racing Goats on Facebook, or Instagram at JB Racing Goats, or you can send us an email, um, JB at JBRacingGoats.com, and we'll be happy to answer any of your questions and share more um, information from our experiences well chloe anything that you want to add no i think so okay all right well thank you once again for listening to this episode we hope you enjoyed it my name's jb i'm chloe y'all have a great week